Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1623. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! I'm revved up and very excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from Orange County, California, by the name of Mark Foster. Hey, Mark, welcome to Cars Yeah! Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Well, I'm seated and facing forward. <laughs> well, and uh, we were joking in our pre-show chat here, listeners, maybe I should say our flaps ready for takeoff because I'm talking to a guy who knows his aircraft. He's a pilot uh, and has a lot of fun in life. But before I do a proper introduction, I want to ask you this, Mark. I want you to share one little thing that most people don't know about you. Well, um, kind of interesting that you ask because I've got car friends and I've got airplane friends and some of them are a mix of both. But a lot of the car people don't know I'm an airplane guy, and a lot of the airplane people don't know I'm a car guy. Ah. So I would say, in that case, they don't know the other half of me. <laughs> There's two sides to yeah. this guy we're talking to today. Well, let me do a proper introduction, and this will set the tone for what we're going to have some fun with today. Mark Foster is president of the Lion Air Museum, founded by General William Lyon. The museum is a world-class exhibition of airworthy historic aircraft, vintage automobiles, and related displays with a primary focus on World War II aviation history. Mark also serves as president of Martin Aviation, an FAA-approved aircraft maintenance facility where he oversees the company's servicing of a wide range of aircraft from high-performance single-engine planes to state-of-the-art business jets. His background includes off-road motorcycle racing, a pilot of a vintage aircraft. He flies this little thing called an Zero is it zero one bird dog or oh one bird dog, Mark? Yeah, yeah, oh one is usually the way to say that. Okay, Vietnam era, very interesting, and I believe that's a little Cessna, right? Yeah, high wing observation airplane. There you go. Yeah, I looked that up. I was not familiar with those. It's very cool looking plane. We love it, and our regular listeners will remember that we had Bill Lyons, uh, who was my guest on the show. He was guest number twelve hundred sixty back in April of 2019. So very cool. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Mark more about airplanes and cars and a special exhibit he has going on there. But first a word from our valued sponsors. Pay attention to these guys because they're the reason Cars Yeah! can be here every day. We'll be right back. Did you know Covercraft offers you much, much more than car covers, floor mats, seat covers, and trunk liners? When you visit Covercraft.com, you'll find Cologne Custom Bras, Labra Front End Covers, and Hood Protectors that protect your vehicle's front end while on a road trip. No more rock chips or hours removing nasty bug jerky from your grill and your paint. You'll find vehicle seatback organizers that keep everything in check, perfect for those kids in the back seat. Spidey Gear Webs that keeps cargo that's in your truck bed safely in place. Seat heaters, cargo bars, pro nets, rooftop carriers, bumper frames, bump steps, pet ramps, pet travel barriers to keep Fido in the back seat, tire covers, Carhartt backpacks, cooler bags, tote bags, tool bags, and zippered tote bags to keep everything secure. And don't forget their dash mat dashboard covers that shield the sun's damaging UV rays. Covercraft offers you an incredible list of solutions for your favorite rides. They're easy to install, easy to remove pet protection pads, are easy to wash too, and protect your floors and seats from 
Fido's damaging claws and messy fur and air. And here's something special from me here at Cars Yeah. If you use the code YEAH120 at checkout at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off on me. Covercraft.com. Go there and use the code YEAH120 at checkout for that 10% discount. Covercraft, they've got you covered. When it was time to renew my last policy for my collector car, my carrier's rates went up. They went way up. But my usage was the same and I never had made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? I was too. So I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, am I glad I did. I'm saving hundreds of dollars. I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provide me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. What could be better than that? Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Mark. uh, Welcome back to Cars Yeah. Today we'll call it Planes Yeah as well. I want to start with a success quote or a mantra. Some kind of saying that is very important, important in your life, I should say. Nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars, yeah. So, Mark, grab the stick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we'll keep with the uh, the car theme. And how about a, a neat little quote from a, an old TV series? And the quote is, "Don't look at the dogs, work the lock." And do you remember who said that? You know what? You've got me uh, stifled here. Who was that? Yeah, that was Thomas Magnum and Magnum PI, and that's when he uh, first got the job. He, oh, well, I should have known that. Yeah, he breaks onto the uh, Robin Masters estate there, and he's yeah. trying to break into a Ferrari 308, and yep. two Dobermans are heading towards him while he's trying to break <laughs> into the car. So don't look at the dogs, work the lock. Well, I would Great assume, advice. Yeah, I would assume for you, and, and this is applies to cars, the stealing cars perhaps, but also aircraft, of course, is that focus? Is that what that means to you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Focus on the the task at hand. Don't yeah. worry about what's going on around you. Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of friends who are pilots. Some were military pilots, and they, they've shared some stories with me about that, where you have to stay so focused, especially if you have a challenge in an aircraft, to keep that thing up if you're running into some trouble, and stay really focused on the task at hand and not be diverted. But I would assume that's benefited you in life and all different aspects of life. Can you maybe share an example of that? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, uh, you know, mentioning the flying again, um, you know, I've always, you know, the doctors have the old thing, you know, do no harm, right? right. So in airplanes, that kind of uh, counts, too. Sometimes doing nothing's the best thing for that, you know, that that moment. And there's an old thing about wind the clock. So when something's going bad, you know, don't start flipping a bunch of switches and get yourself deeper in trouble. <laughs> Sometimes it's better just to take a second, make sure the airplane's flying. That's always the number one thing. Yeah. And then you know, if you have to, just sit there and wind the clock for a second until you can sort out what's going on. So uh, 
I think that uh, crosses over into life as well. Uh, most definitely. Well, let's talk a lot more about Lion Air Museum. When I had Bill on the show, I, w- I had him on the show to primarily talk about the La Jolla Concorde because he was bringing one of the spectacular cars that the family owns, and they ended up winning Best of Show at that particular event. Of course, this year with uh, COVID, and we'll talk about how it's affected you and your museum, there is no La Jolla Concorde this year. In fact, the week that we're recording the show here with Mark, uh, we both Mark and I had planned on attending the jet party this evening <laughs> that uh, Gordon McCall puts on and all the wonderful events. So uh, we'll have an epic year next year. But tell our listeners more about what the Lion Air Museum is all about. And of course, we got to talk about cars because this is Cars Yeah. And I know you have a special exhibit that you put on from time to time. And one of the ones happening now happens to be around Porsche. So tell us all about why we should visit the Lion Air Museum. Yeah, well, you did such a great introduction saying that, uh, you know, it's a World War II Aviation History Museum, or at least that's the primary focus. But we we branch out from there because there's so many stories that you can relate to that. And one thing that we do, uh, even throughout the whole year, we have some automobiles on display. But during the summer, we pick a, a special theme. And, you know, a few years back, you know, we had Duesenbergs. We had 10 Duesenbergs here. And we had vintage motor racing, you know, and a cross-section of, you know, Dan Gurney cars and so forth. And this year, we selected Porsche. So we've got, a, I think we've got about 15 Porsches on display. And what makes it neat here is that they're, you know, they're kind of sprinkled in among the airplanes. So talk about great photo ops. You oh, know, you've yeah. got a you know, B-25 Mitchell bomber, and then you've got a, a beautiful, you know, uh, you know, Carrera two or something you know, parked <laughs> nice. in front of it. And, and so you get these great contrasts between, you know, the, the machines of the air and the machines of the ground. And, and so it's been very popular. And, uh, of course, uh, we've, we've chosen that this year, but, uh, you know, and all the listeners are know it's 2020 and COVID's kind of changed a lot of plans. So anybody who wants to come out and see any of this stuff, they should definitely check our social media and, and call ahead and make sure that, uh, you know, what we're doing that particular day, if we're open or not. Well, let's talk a little bit about the elephant in the room. It's become the massive giant uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex in the room is more like it with this pandemic. How have you guys dealt with this? How have you worked around this? And I have to ask you first and foremost, uh, you and your family and everybody at the museum healthy and okay? Yeah, yeah, everybody's uh, healthy and okay. And, you know, I mentioned in your your introduction there, um, you know, we've got the aircraft repair station next door, which is an essential business. So Mm -hmm. we're working daily. So everybody's there, a lot of activity. You know, we've got about 30 employees and we're all healthy and everything's going well there. And we practice social distancing and do all the stuff that we're supposed to do by the guidelines. And, And then on the museum side, you know, we were we were closed for a while and then we were because we weren't considered essential. Um, I might beg to differ, but uh, (laughs) that's it. I agree. And then, uh, and then we were open for a period of time, and then we had another. um, You know, the governor, you know, deemed uh, indoor museums um, should be closed. Mm -hmm. You know, along with bowling alleys and other kind of things. Um, And so we've kind of been up and down. But the the beauty of our facility is we are set up with the social distancing from coming in and the sanitation, uh, the hand sanitizer stations and all that kind of stuff. And we're a big hangar. You know, we're a big open space. You know, we've got, you know, the ceilings are over 30 feet high. We've got, you know, well over 30,000 square feet of space. And so you can walk through there and not get anyone anywhere near anyone else if, if, if you choose to. And, and so it's, it's pretty good for, 
you know, safe visitation. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's when, when we're, we're allowed to do that. Um, we have some, uh, outdoor spaces for special events, but generally those outdoor spaces are not accessible. So it's, it's either indoor or nothing. And, And so right now it's kind of nothing while we're down at this moment. I was flying down your way a couple of weeks ago, and I was hoping to be able to come and visit you. And uh, just the day before I got on the plane, uh, yeah, the, the California governor, they did the same thing in Washington, basically shut everything down again. So that blew it for any of my fun while I was down there. Yeah. All the cars and coffees were shut down, museums, I mean, everything. It was like, ugh, geez. In fact, uh, even they didn't even want you on some of the beaches. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, I was thinking the yep. beach would be the most healthy place in the world. You're out in the open air and fresh ocean seawater and everything, but uh, it is the way it is. So you have to kind of play along. Now we're recording this show in mid-August, actually during what would have been car week. Is the museum open right now? Or are you still officially closed for, for business? Yeah, for day-to-day operations, the museum exhibit is closed. Uh, No doubt people and listeners can go to your website. They can uh, watch for when you're reopening so that uh, if they're in the area, they want to visit the area. And I'll encourage people. I'm going to put a link to a wonderful video. I actually watched it last night. I believe it was you that did it. You were the voice in the background of the Porsche display that's going on right now, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a part of the Peterson, and uh, yeah, we we had a good time doing that one, and and those are the cars that are here on display right now, and we're hoping to have them here uh, at least through Labor Day, but we might be able to extend them for a few more weeks after that. Well, being a Porsche fanatic that I am, you have some of the best of the best Porsches sitting there, and I love the look of those cars sitting under the aircraft wings and throughout the museum. I mean, anything that's shiny and metal and chrome that goes fast, airplanes, cars. What a wonderful mix of things, which I think is absolutely fantastic. So uh, I'll make sure to put a link, at least for now, to that video on Mark's show notes page. Just go into carsyad.com, type in Mark Foster. That page will pop up and you can at least enjoy the exhibit uh, from the safety of your home or your mobile device. uh, And you can look forward to a time when you can come in the future. Now, looking ahead, is this something that you do quite often with having automobiles and other kind of vehicles amongst the aircraft? Yeah, we've we've done that regularly. We have, of course, the featured summer exhibit, but throughout the year, we'll have other things in here. And we have some regular vehicles that are mostly historically significant, tied in with, uh, with the World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Air War um, period. There's a, an exhibit up here in the Pacific Northwest that I got to visit. In fact, I sent Mark a a photo of my turbo parked under a beautiful World War II aircraft that Paul Allen, uh, the late Paul Allen, uh, owned this collection. It's still up there, and you can go see it. And they do something similar to you guys. They have they invite car clubs to come, and they park the planes in the tarmac, and you can drive your car under the wings and take photo opportunities and walk in uh, and view the things. Their museum is nothing... I don't think is nothing as nice as yours from what I've seen oh. from the pictures. Uh, it's a great exhibit, and but it's not, it's more like a big hanger than what you guys yeah. have, which to me is a proper museum. There's all sorts of wonderful history there and, and descriptions and things like that. I know you're a pilot, you love aircraft, but you've landed here also in the Lion Air Museum. I mean, you kind of pinch yourself every day. You're, you're in this really kind, kind of fun dream role. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's always good to do what you love, and uh, this place affords me that opportunity. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Well, let's talk a little bit about a challenge or a failure. And the reason I asked my guests this, and everybody gets asked this question, is more about the learning lesson and how you came forward in a positive way. So kind of take us on a journey in your life. Walk us through one of those times. But as I say, tell us how that how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your, your career and your business and your life. Okay, that's one of those where to start uh, yes. kind of questions, <laughs> but uh, I'll drop the failure side off of it, but maybe the, I, I, I kind of focused in on the challenge okay. side. So Love it. being an old aircraft uh, restorer many years ago when I was a young kid, um, did that for about 10 years, and, and at some point, um, you know, maybe it's 15 years ago, 20 years ago now, it was early 2000s, I took on a an aircraft project to restore. And uh, it was it was really a project. It was a pile of parts that were bent and twisted and all that and had to go into a fixture and a lot of sheet metal work and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I would I would put it on you know on a scale of you know one to ten right up there at nine point seven of challenging. Wow. Um and and so I took that on and and you know throughout that process, you know, it was a six and a half year process uh, that I worked on it and and six and a half years later, I, I put the first test flight on it. So, so I'd say, you know, and you kind of mentioned, you know, challenges and what you learn from that. I think throughout that, it's all about staying motivated because I knew a lot of other people around that same period who had taken on big projects like that and they just lost interest or they got maybe not lost interest, but got discouraged. Mm -hmm. And so what I always try to do, and I still do this to this day is I try to always leave a project, like if I'm walking out at the end of the day, with some little project set up for the next time I work on it, the mm. next day or whatever, that I'm really looking forward to doing. Yeah. You know, it might mean I have to shift gear. So, I, so I'm not dreading and making excuses. Like if there's a real yucky job you got to do, don't <laughs> yeah. have that be your next job. Squeeze yeah. that one in in the middle of the day. Yeah. So I found that, and then I've also found found the old, you know, uh, how do you eat an elephant, right? You know, the one bite at a time. <laughs> it, yeah. Have have set up little victories along the way, and so you know, wow, I can't wait to get this, you know, the airplane up on its landing gear, you yeah. know, like the fuselage without wings on it. But the, and so that's a big challenge, and that's maybe a year and a half into the project, but everything works toward that. You know, you get the landing gear box put back together, and then you get the landing gear built, and then you, you know. And so you have these little victories, and if you really focus on those as a victory and you're super excited to, to see that completed, mm -hmm. then you'll move to the next one. But if you just say, I'm really not interested in any of this stuff until the day it flies, yeah. then you might never get there. You're probably doing the wrong job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, six and a half years of your life's a lot oh, you know, during a restoration. Incredible. I know there's a lot of car guys out there who... You know, they work on, on cars and maybe it's a, a year or two or three or maybe even longer, mm -hmm. you know, it depends. But, uh, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a big focus, you know, it takes a lot, a lot of time. Well, it does. And you bring up a really good point is uh, have something planned for the next day that you're really looking forward to. I've had so many really high-end restorers on the show here and you talk about their clients getting very frustrated how long things are taking and and that even fast forwards to and i would assume this is the same as with aircraft that last 10% that last 5% is almost the most important but in many restorations that's when things get rushed and you can't rush an airplane restoration it's got to be right no uh yeah cuz uh, there's bad things can happen but in your mind another thing that I, i've been shared with me is 
at least every day do some little thing. Even if you can't work on it much, go and do one little thing because you feel like you've taken one step closer to the end and it helps you feel like yep. you see that light at the end of the tunnel uh, is actually coming at you. So I can't imagine that much time spent on one project. You must have fit, felt really good when that thing took off. Yeah. Yeah. Relieved. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, you have a list, it's got, you know, a thousand items on it and, and one day it's got 900 items yeah. and then pretty soon you're crossing the very last item off the list and you're strapping in and, and taxiing out to go put the wow. first flight on it, you know, yeah. so it does happen and, and it's just staying focused. There's a, a wonderful museum up here in the Pacific Northwest, the Boeing uh, Aerospace Museum that I visited many times and they have projects, restorations going on where people will come in and work on them. And they allowed us to bring cars up one time and take pictures under the wings of some of these airplanes. And you look at these projects and they're just, yeah, at the beginning, they seem daunting. It's like, how, how do you ever expect yeah. to get to that point? But one step at a time, as we said, or one bite at yep. a time when it comes to elephants. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors and our partners here. And when we come back, I want to dive a little deeper, Mark, into your personal passion for cars, we'll stick to the car theme here, so keep your uh, seatbelt on, and we'll be right back. Hey, Mark Green here. I want to invite you to an exclusive virtual wine tasting event that I'm hosting on Wednesday, August 26th at 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. You've heard me talk about Adobe Road Winery's The Racing Series here on Cars Yeah. For this exclusive event, I have invited some of my fellow automotive enthusiasts and past Cars Yeah guests to join us. McKeel Haggerty and Wayne Carini will share their love of classic cars. Lynn St. James will be providing insights on racing. And you'll learn about the challenges of choosing Best in Show from Jeff Love and David Lillywhite, editors of the magnificent Magneto magazine with their virtual online concours. When you purchase two bottles of the racing series, you'll get a private invitation to this exclusive Zoom event that centers at Adobe Road Winery, where Vintner and endurance racer Kevin Buckler and his winemaker Garrett Martin will share the secrets of their unique racing series wines. Having enjoyed these delicious blends, I promise you're going to love the racing series. Here's how you join. Your purchase of two bottles from the racing series gets you in the virtual door. Use the code UNICEF, all capitals, U-N-I-C-E-F, at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your purchase of any of the Racing Series wines. Plus, Adobe Road will be giving 10% of this event's sales to UNICEF. As an added bonus, Jeff and David will give everyone joining us a one-year subscription to their Magneto magazine. That's a $72 value. It's like getting an extra bottle of wine for free. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. So go to adoberoadwines.com, use the code UNICEF today, and join us for a very fast and fun evening, Wednesday, August 26th. Cheers! Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. 
One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. If you use the checkout code CARSYEAH, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. All right, Mark, we are back. I'd love for you to share a story that and maybe share your personal passion for cars here, that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that despite loving aircraft, you were also a bit of a car guy. Yeah, well, you know, I started started with, uh, you know, cars and motorcycles back in junior high and high school. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's where, where the bug started. Uh, you know, did some motorcycle racing back then and we were always going to the drag races and, and my family didn't come from that background, but my friends did. And so I was always obviously hanging out with my friends and, um, you know, the Mickey Thompson off-road championship Grand Prix races and, and so forth. Long Beach Grand Prix, that was a big deal for us back in the, you know, the mid eighties or so going to those. And I think the first time I really, that I can remember saying, oh my gosh, this is the neatest thing in the world was somebody telling me about this. You know, I, I knew what a Shelby Cobra was, but uh, my, my friend's father, as a matter of fact, it was mentioning that there was this guy named Ken Miles and he took the car from zero to a hundred and back to zero. And, you know, he did it in something like, you know, 13 point something seconds. Wow, yeah. And and I just sat around and I thought about that and I go, wasn't that car built like in the mid sixties? And you know, this was by then the eighties. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, wow. And that car still is, is you know significant and and I think that's when I really started getting the bug at that point. Sure. Did you grow up in Southern California? Yeah, yeah I grew up in uh, Glendora, California. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Kind of just east of LA. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, that's a great motorcycle riding out there. I grew up down in the San Diego area, uh, so we did a lot of mountain bike uh, riding. Not mountain bike, but I should say motorcycle off road mm-hmm. dirt bike riding. I uh, had friends, mm-hmm. and there was Carlsbad Raceway there. We'd go and watch the motorcycle. Oh races. yeah, race there. Yeah. Oh there, yeah. Yeah, very cool place. So uh, we kind of hung out in some of the same spots. Well, let's talk about your first really special vehicle. That first vehicle in your life that had great meaning for you. What was it? Okay, well, probably a couple of them. Uh, you know, the first ones, because I was still a kid, were, uh, you know, ATCs, remember the all-terrain cycles, yeah. the three-wheelers? Yeah. 
And then um, shortly thereafter, I turned 15 and a half. And at 15 and a half, you could get a, you know, kind of a, a, a driving permit. learner's yeah. permit, remember? Yeah. And so I, I, I got that. And I think within about two weeks after getting that, I found at the local Honda dealer, a guy who had this uh, Honda XL250R, it was, it was a dual purpose motorcycle, kind yeah. of an enduro motorcycle. Oh, yeah. And he had bought it and he, he rode it not too much and uh, he had it for sale. I think I paid $600 plus $30 for a set of tires for it. And, um, <laughs> and the thing that makes that so magical, and I still sp- think back fondly about it was the freedom that it, you know, that it offered because my, my friends were still, you know, we were 15 and a half and maybe they were a little younger than I was. So they were riding skateboards and pedal bikes, you know, all around town. And, you know, we, we took over the whole town. We'd go for miles (laughs) and miles every day. And here I was on, on this motorcycle with a super trap exhaust, making neat thumping noises and doing wheelies (laughs) down the street. So the freedom of it, I think is one of my earliest fondest memories of anything mechanical. And then my first car, um, I've kind of, I guess I've always been a Ford guy, but my, my first car was a Ford F100 uh, truck and that was short bed truck. And that was so I could go to places like Carlsbad and Riverside International Raceway with my motorcycles to yep. do, to do the racing. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. The XL 250s. I remember those well. Very nice. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Mark. I'm going to get in your head a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in your museum not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? Okay, that's that's about <laughs> the craziest question I've had all day. Well, but, good. Well, there is a very interesting car that uh, was the, the Moulton Taylor Aero car. Okay. And uh, they built them in the, in the late 40s and early 50s, and I think they made like five or six of them. And uh, uh-huh. if, if your listeners should go out and just, you know, look this up on the Internet, but the, the Aero car, it was this little high wing, kind of looked almost like a Volkswagen, kind of a bubbly little, oh, little yeah. Yeah. fuselage. Um, it had four wheels on it, and then it had wings and a tail and a pusher prop. But all that could be re- folded back and turned into a trailer so you could trailer your tail and your wings behind you on the street and you could even disconnect it and just drive this little car around that looked kind of like a little micro car yes yeah and then and then you get to the airport uh swing the wings out lock them in place tail locks into place and you taxi out you drive out (laughs) and then you take off and you fly around and the point the the thing was probably a better plane than it was a car but it was a car and so i think to fit me liking both, you know, cars and airplanes, I think that would be the machine. Those are the funkiest looking things. I mean, they just, <laughs> they're the, the oddest looking vehicles. Yeah, the uh, Taylor Aero car, very, very interesting. And, you know, when I think about those, it's like, what does that car look like? And yeah, kind of a bug, but kind of not. Just yeah. very, very different. Yeah. In fact, without the wings attached and so forth, it almost looks like a a bubble with some wheels stuck on the bottom, like a go-kart yep. or something. You got it. Like You're, that. That's exactly right. Yeah. So so it's not the most manly thing to try to think of yourself as, but uh, <laughs> the utility side of it, <laughs> the utility of it uh, is right up there. I mean, not too many other cars can do that. Uh, no, I don't think I know of hardly any except for now there was a via it's probably different what was that vehicle in that James Bond movie where he flew it 
jumped in it and I think he flew it to a hangar or something like that. That was probably something different because it wasn't as goofy. It was more yeah. of a uh, specific yeah. airplane, but it was like a little single single seater. Uh, yeah, that was the little BD jet uh, where yes, he he, yes. he he brings it out of the back of a, a, a horse uh, yes. in the you know horse like a horse trailer. Yeah. And, and then they go fly through a hangar, and at the end, he taxis up to a gas station, I think, and says, fill her up. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Roger, Roger Moore. Yeah, Roger yeah, Moore, great, absolutely. Great yep, absolutely. All right, Mark, we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off some questions here. Have you give us some quick blips of that Taylor Aero car? I guess you could blip the throttle on that <laughs> since you can drive down the road. So here we go. <laughs> okay. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in life? Well, you know, I've got a thing I always think about. People always say I'm overly cheery, and that's probably true, but I think <laughs> it's effective, works well for me. And there's a, a song out there. It's kind of one of the old the old standards, and I know Dean Martin sang it, and I love Dean Martin, but uh, it's, uh, you know, this, the the line in it is, direct your feet to the sunny side of the street. Ah, uh, yes. And, uh, yeah, so you probably can hum that in your head, but... Yep. Uh, so I, I, th- I think that's kind of it. I think that's always helped me because when a lot of people were being negative or things are falling apart and they were looking for the, the bad and everything, I always tend to look for the positive. And, uh, you know, it's funny because most of the time you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant that seed in my skull because all the things going on right now with social media, of course, and the politics and social unrest and pandemics and all this. I'm going to just think of that song. I'm going to think of Mark Foster and think of that song and I'll put a smile on my face and I'll forget the the craziness that's going on in the world. Very nicely done. Nothing wrong with staying positive and keeping a smile on your face. That's for sure. How about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive and I'll include aircraft industry or field living or deceased. Who would you like to sit down with? Okay. Got, I've got a couple, but the okay. uh, first first one I'm going to say is I had the, the privilege of doing for many years, and that was uh, General William Lyon. He's oh, the founder yeah. of the museum, and yeah. and I probably had, and this is no exaggeration, probably 500 lunches with him over the last you know 12, 13, 14 Lucky years. Yeah. Usually once a week, you know, for all those years. So so that, and uh, even one night uh, sitting down with Sir Sterling Moss for dinner, oh, um, nice. uh, which was which was a wonderful thing. So, but if you could just take anybody, uh, you know, for the sake of the question here, how about about Eddie Rickenbacker. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so he, for those of you who don't know, you know, he was a World War One fighter ace, mm-hmm. uh, Medal of Honor recipient, but he also uh, raced at the Indy 500. Yes. Um, he raced. In fact, he even I think he even started the first. I think he was in the first one in, uh, in what 1911. I believe you're right. Um, I, yeah, I think he ran that one, or at least he was a, a fill-in driver or something. Mm-hmm. He was an automotive designer. Uh, he was a, a president of uh, Eastern Airlines for a period of time. Oh, um, I, and, I forgot and, about that. And here's that. a funny yeah. one. Yeah, and here's one that people, a lot of people don't know, but uh, he owned the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for, I think it was like about 15 years. I didn't, um, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. He and Roger yeah. Penske. Yeah, so, yeah, he, well, good company. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, well, he owned it, and then he, he was the one who sold it to the Holman family. Really? Uh, he sold oh, it wow. to Anton. Uh, Anton, Anton, um, uh, Holman. And then, uh, you know, now of course Roger Pinsky owns it. But, uh, so I think he would be just such an interesting guy. I mean, he, you know, he, he crashed everything, survived all this stuff. Uh, you know, he just did so many neat things in his, in his life and things I don't ever want to do, like crashing things. Surviving's good. Yeah. Surviving's crashing. much better. They say, yeah, yeah, they always say crashing sucks. So. Well, and he has one. Yeah, no doubt. He has one of the coolest names too. 
Eddie Rickenbacker. Yeah. He just sounds like a, yeah, a yeah. pilot, a flyer, a racer. Yeah. 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 Well, that's yeah, good. Fast you're the, Eddie. You're yeah. the, fast Eddie. You're the only one who's ever mentioned him. So that's kind of cool. How about the best automotive advice someone else has ever shared with you? What would that be? Wow. I don't even know where to start on that, but <laughs> I always heard, I always like simple things. And uh, yeah. I remember, you know, just kind of growing up and my friend's dad, who was kind of a mentor us back then around the cars and, and uh, motorcycles and stuff. He always said, when in doubt, gas it. <laughs> 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 I don't, maybe that's not good advice. I don't know, but uh, I always thought that, you know, it's always good to have some momentum going in a certain direction. And yeah. when you're all in doubt, you know, usually just Getting on the throttle seems to sort things out a little bit. And there's probably about half the people out there going, no, but uh, but that's the one I'll take. Having driven Porsche 911s for most of my life, that usually doubt, uh, works when you're in trouble with those cars is put some pressure down on the back end to seat the back of that car because they tend to swap ends if you lift in the wrong wrong place. Uh, when in doubt, don't lift. Yeah, when in doubt, press harder. Uh, yeah. So uh, there you go. When in doubt, gas it. I like it. How about a great yeah. resource yeah. that's uh, go-to for you that you think our listeners would like to tap into oh resource i mean you're probably asking more cars i always think of resources just our facility here well, of you, course. Know, um, yeah. you know things to do so lion air museum yep. um, you know that's always a great place uh, you know a lot of a lot of neat things here uh never bored so much to see and mm-hmm. a lot of great people and uh, there's so many great contacts who come through here too so you know you walk out one day you know bruce myers down there and the next day it's somebody <laughs> else that, yeah you know, we had had Dieter down there from Andial just earlier today, you know, wow. Wow. grabbing something off of one of the Porsches, you know. I mean, it's just all these it's just neat people coming through here. So I don't know if that classifies. You know, I think it does classify. Resource, but, yes. But, but uh, yeah, Lion Air Museum. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll make sure I put for a sure. link to the museum. And for, again, for you listeners, if you've not visited their website, you're going to have some fun there. And definitely next time you're in Southern California, that is the place to go and visit. Uh, now, is there a book that you've read you think our listeners should crack open and enjoy? Yeah, um, you know, probably lots of different books. One I read recently that I really enjoyed, uh, and I tend to be a, a Shelby American uh, fan, but mm-hmm. uh, Inside Shelby American. Okay. By John Morton, the yeah. uh, race car driver. Yeah. So that's a good one. He he wrote that one a few years back, and uh, I found that to be a very interesting book. Uh, you know, kind of follows his life, and then, you know, how it ties in with uh, with Shelby American, and probably a connection to to just my life back in the aircraft restoration days. You know, we were all these young guys, and we were fabricators, and and so when I was reading that book, it just there was a lot of parallels to that that period in my life. So. Uh, um, you know, and we were, you know, it was all these high performance airplanes that were real famous and, you know, yeah. and all that. So, yeah. so it kind of, kind of had a little bit of a crossover. So, so yeah, uh, the in, inside Shelby American. Great book reference. And I'll remind our listeners, if you go to the Cars yeah website, there's a great place under the resources tab called guest recommended books. And I've listed every book and many books that the listeners here, my inspiring automotive enthusiasts, have listed. And you can uh, go there. I've made it really easy for you to purchase them. Just click to buy. Uh, there's over 1,600 books listed there. It's a virtual library of really fun reading. So check it out on the Cars yeah website under the References tab. I should say Resources tab, actually. All right. We're up to the checkered flag here, Mark. And this last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you... Any cool collector car to park in your garage that you'd like to have. Doesn't matter who owns it. I'm going to buy it for you and park it in your garage. <laughs> but there's a couple rules, of course. Uh, there's always some caveats to these deals. Uh, you can't sell it to buy another airplane with or something fun. you got to keep it, but it needs to tick all the boxes. So I want it to be something that you'll drive 
that you'll enjoy and not just sit back and look at because we don't like dust collectors here at Cars. Yeah. Uh, and it's the only one collector car you can have, which could make it even more challenging. So what can I buy you today? Wow. Okay. So um, I, I've got I've got kind of two, but I'm gonna okay. I'll finish with the final one. How's right. that? So that sounds good. I'm a, I'm a sentimental guy, so <laughs> to me, it's not necessarily. I mean, how the car drives is, is important, and the utility and all that other stuff. But uh, for me, it's the sentimental, the story behind it. Mm. So one of them would probably be you know anything that somebody like Dan Gurney drove. Oh. But uh, in particular, I and I saw this car a few years back, and it was a uh, CSX twenty three twenty three, and it was. Uh, the 289 powered Shelby Cobra that uh, uh, Dan Gurney and Jerry Grant raced at uh, the Targa Florio in 64. Nice. I think they finished eighth overall. I think they finished like second in class. I mean, that, that course probably wasn't the best course for that car, but yeah. uh, you know, a car like that, that has that kind of history and, you know, it'd be a fun, great car. And, and I would drive the snot out of it, yeah. you know, every day. I mean, it would, you know, it wouldn't <laughs> just be in the garage. Yeah. Um, but, because you said kind of overall um, everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe maybe this is a silly one, but how about a uh, 250 GTO Ferrari? Oh, my God. So, Just go to the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go right to the top. And 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 if anybody wants to say, is that a silly decision or not, just on YouTube, I, I looked at that, um, I think it's Petrolicious, but uh, Derek yeah. Hill driving one up on a mountain road and yeah. all you see is just over his shoulder the you know him shifting and the steering and then the sound of the car and if you watch that for about five minutes yeah there's just nothing else in the world that sounds like yeah. it so yeah. so I, I guess between those two I, I probably have to lean towards the uh the uh the 250 gto well, nice choice. I mean, you just moved right to the top there, of course, when it comes to collector cars. And that's the pinnacle, uh, if you will. And uh, nothing like that V12. And very drivable car, of course. Uh, got a couple friends who've had, well, one, two friends up here in the Northwest who had them. One was just sold a few years ago during Pebble Beach Car Week uh, for a record price. The other one's still up here with uh, John Shirley, who's been a guest on the Buy Sell Hold podcast that I do with Keith Martin. Um, his is beautiful and um, I've never been able to drive it, but I did get a ride in it once and it's just, yeah, very, very delicious. So nice choice. Nice choice indeed. Okay. Well, I'll start, I'll start cleaning out my yeah. garage and <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. I'll just, uh, I'll okay. just, you just bring that thing on over. Well, I'm about 1500 miles North of you. It may take me a couple of days to get down there and I may, I may just <laughs> take the coast. So might take me a third or yeah. fourth day. I might take my time, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, you picked a really nice vehicle. Mark, you've taken us on a nice flight, a nice ride today. I knew we'd have some fun here, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Before uh, I let you go, though, and before you drive off down the coast highway in that 250 GTO, maybe you could offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance when it comes to life and cars and flying. Uh, well, you know, we covered a little bit of that, you know, about the positive and all that, but, uh, I've always found, you know, that having a passion for something, I, I see a lot of unhappy people who just have no passion in their life. So if you find that thing that really makes you happy, and I, I think for all of the people we're talking about, that's going to be cars and some, some sort of car. Um, so find that passion. And then I've always found also just, if I never give up, if I just constantly think about that, and, uh, and, and head in that direction, I, I usually can, you know, achieve whatever that dream is. So, so that would be, you know, find, find your passion and never give up. Absolutely. I love it. What's the best way for people to learn more about you and the museum? Uh, well, for me, uh, you know, I, I, I do have a 
Instagram account, which is public. You know, I don't have it on private or anything. And mm-hmm. it's uh, it's just my name, but it's Mark R. Foster. So Mark with a K, the correct way. Um, so <laughs> uh, Mark R. Foster. Uh, so at Mark R. Foster. But, uh, and then at Lion Air Museum. And we have social media, obviously, for Lion Air Museum. And that's going to be... Uh, just look up Lion Air Museum, and that that'll that'll come up for all the Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and 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 everything else. Absolutely, I'll put links to all of these on Mark's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. You'll find everything there. Follow along, and I'll also put that video that's on YouTube of Mark showing us the beautiful Porsches that are on display at the museum. You can find everything on Mark's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Again, it's just Mark with a K, the proper way as we say, both of us being marked with K's, uh, Foster, and he's very easy to find there. And a nice shout-out to our mutual friend here, Chris Erickson, who uh, brought Mark and I together today. Thank you, Chris, the Secret Car Club. He's got some interesting ventures going on that he's going to be a guest here probably the next four or five months. He's got something new going on he's going to share with us, so watch for that in the future. Mark, thanks for being so generous today with your time your expertise, and for sharing your fun experiences in life. You definitely are having fun every day. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. It's been fun. You're welcome. It's been great fun. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!